You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today... Folks, we got somebody that's really awesome, all the way from across the pond, if you will, from the UK. This man has been killing it for a minute in the game. He is a, a journalist. He is a writer. He is the EIC of Tripwire UK. I mean, he's putting together cons. He he puts together awesome books like this one that I'm going to ask him about. Hey, yeah, I was teasing him on the green screen. Like, yeah, look, look at this baby that, that he, he had his hands all over great book i learned so much on interview tips from that as well he is a legend let me introduce the one the only joel meadows what's popping kiddo how you doing hey Al, how's it going very good thanks hope your listeners are well yeah but i'm i'm sure we're doing all well man we, we're about to pick the brain of a man that you know you've been running you know in, in trip what uh, this magazine been out for 30, 30 years son yeah, that's Dude, right. Pop culture, I mean, news. What? Just yo, that is so crazy. And you're the EIC, <laughs> and you obviously we have amazing contributions. I mean, I, I got my hands on this amazing interviews that you conducted with legends. I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, oh my god, the people you've spoken to. Salute to you. So let let's get down to it, Joe. Okay. Yeah, before we need to know the roots of that nerdiness and how you achieve these goals to talk to people and, and be in the game for so long and endure the way you have producing quality content, which is amazing. So you know, salute to you, Kato. You know what I mean? So let's get down to it. Where, where are you OG from? Were you born and raised? I was born and raised in London, which is where I still live. So I, I've oh. always lived in North London since I well since I, you know, since I was born. So you never left. No, no. I mean, I've moved around, but only in London. I've never left. I've never lived anywhere else. Okay, so always in the London area, not outside. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. So, how was it growing up in London as a young chap? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was. It was fun. That we had cool things. We had comic shops. When I was a kid, we had comic marts. We had the Westminster Comic Mart. When I was a kid, uh, we had things like Forbidden Planet um, Comic Showcase. Gosh, which is still there. We had some great comic shops. We had access to, to American comics, so I was very lucky because, you know, the previous generation had to go to news agents. It was a lot harder to get oh, hold yeah. of American comics. But when I've I heard was the horror kid, stories. I've heard the horror stories. You get yeah, the Marvel exactly. comics that have basically four pages of one issue per exactly. kind of anthology style because that's how y'all rock. Yeah, so I, I was issue. lucky. I was very lucky. You are so so. Who got you into this whole madness? Was this self discovery, or was it someone in your family, well, your it, friends? It, it was uh, comics was my brother's fault because he was the guy <laughs> that read comics first. He was a Marvel reader. He'd read things like Spider Man and Avengers, okay. um, and he got me into Howard the Duck when I was about eight or nine. Oh man, quite I, weird. I, I was quite Duck. little. I was about nine or ten, I think, when I first read it. You know, bro, me, too. me too. I was around this L, bro. Joe, high F and five. Exactly. Yeah, I was around. That, yeah, I mean, it was that it was completely was my brother's fault. He had a friend who was stuck in hospital who got into comics, and he got him into comics. And then, you know, my brother got me into them, and I started going to comic marks when I was little. Um, wow. And I just started to read comics. I read, I read DC Comics Presents, uh, Superman, Action Comics. Uh, new Teen Titans, obviously, sadly, George Perez died, you oh, know, like a month yeah, or so ago. Yeah, and, you know, Teen Titans, one of the very first U.S. comics I ever read as a kid. 
And I was just Ooh. blown away. And they're still amazing. I still look at those things. I've got the trade paperbacks. You know, I still read them. And I still think they're incredible. I still they're amazing. There's so much fun. And there's so much energy there. Yeah, and, and still a lot of the storylines still resonate today. It, you know, makes sense. I mean, maybe the costume's a little dated, but you could get past that story-wise. It's beautiful. And again, it's beautiful art. So you, exactly. you can't Exactly. And they still hold up well. I mean, you know, that they, they wanted to do this because they wanted to kind of beat Marvel at, his own, at their own game. So yeah. they got Wolfman and Perez to do like a Marvel style book basically mm. at DC. And it, it worked so well. I still remember, you know, X-Men Teen Titans by, you know, uh, oh I, think it was, I guess it was Wolfman and Simonson and Terry Austin. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, it might've been Claremont. So apologies if it oh was, my God. Yeah, I think it might been, but it was still, a, it's still an amazing crossover. Legendary. It was stuff, such fun. Man. And there's still, I still have such soft spot. I still have such fondness, you know, for those, those comics, even now, even, you know, years later. So I gotta ask you because know, you know, since you're obviously a collector, yeah, are you able to retain anything special? You know, do you have any gems in your collection? Well, un 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 unfortunately, you know, over the uh. years I've sold things. <laughs> I, I know it's a familiar story. Like I sold yes. things for far less than they should be worth. You know, like like I had a set of the you know the O'Neill and Adams Green Lanterns. Mm. They weren't in amazing shape, but I had them. You know, and they yeah, over the set. like probably about over twenty years ago. I think I sold them. And I, I didn't, I, I got, you know, if I'd hung on to them now, they would know, have been right? worth a bit more. So I've had a few, I haven't had anything super valuable, but so unfortunately I haven't managed to keep the stuff, but I've still got the reprints, you know, I've become less of a collector. You know, I still love the material, but I'm quite happy to have it in like a hardback or a, you know or a trade paperback. Cause at least it's still, it's all about the story and it's about the material, you know, for me. Oh, and look at this. He, he's this is some. Hey, what up, Cliff? He says he complains oh, that cool. so few comics on the U.S. carry British comics. He's an American reader, but he wants. And it's true. It's like you know, Joyce Dredd, huge in the U.K. in the states. He's he's popular, but not you know, not like yes, hey, yes. you know, as well, he no, should it, be. Exactly. You know exactly. But I mean, we read you know we read a lot of similar stuff to the U.S. readers. Um, you know, 2008 is still popular. Uh, there's a couple of indie comics. There's a magazine called Shift, which is an anthology which goes into the UK newsstand. And there's a magazine called The 77, which is like is an indie anthology of basically people who used, used to love 2000 AD. So they're kind of what? like, you know, sci-fi anthologies. They're very cool books. Really? You know, and th these are grassroots okay. titles that people have started. I mean, The 77 started in February 2020, which, as you know, the must be the worst time in living history <laughs> to, to, to launch like a new comic or a new comic magazine. So, you know, fair play to them. And they keep going. Uh, I saw them at this Lawless event about two weeks ago, and they're going from strength to strength. So, yeah. You know, I mean, we're still, you know, Brits still reads, you know, US comics, they still read your Batmans and your X-Men. Yeah. But there are a few things that are UK specific. Yeah. And yeah, listen, people are starting to finally get put on to Black Beth, you know? Yes, start, no, start, exactly. You know, you know it, it's old, but it's like, <laughs> yo, this is so dope. Uh, I'm happy. There's a lot of, listen, I mean, all over the world, there's so many, so much great content. And, and I'm happy that, that you know, I mean, the, the US has stopped snubbing their noses, you know? At, at, at stuff that's outside. I mean, it's the outside stuff. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to my American creators, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. The outside stuff is just so, <laughs> so kick ass. My God, you're beyond imagination. <laughs> yes. So talk about your, your creative steps then, because here you are, you're actually, you know, finding a tribe. How did you find your tribe then? How easy was it to find a tribe? Well, I, 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 I guess I just started going to comic marks. As I said, when I was a kid, 
Uh, you had the Westminster Comet Mart, which used to happen on a, I guess it was once a month on a Saturday at this place called the Central Hall, which is this crazy, it was a, built as a Methodist hall, I think in about 1912. So it's this big hall with this round dome. Um, and I met people there, you know, people like Gaiman used to come to that and Dave Gibbons and a lot of big, I think Alan Moore used to go to that as well. A lot of big British comic creators Whoa. used to go to this show. So there was Westminster, there was the Camden Comic Mart, which used to have uh, a show like once a month. And then there was the TUC and then there was the one which still exists, which is the Royal National, which is at this hotel, you know, Russell Square Tube. I mean, that still exists. All the others are gone. So I, I got to meet people. I got to visit these things. There was UCAC which was the 90, it ran from 84, I think, to 97. It ran for 13 years. It was a UK comic convention. They had everybody there. You had people like Bob Kaniger. I think Kirby was there one year. Well, I, I was never there for that, unfortunately. Ah. You had everybody. You had Howard Chaykin. You had a lot of good British talent. And it was fun. It was in this university, again, near Russell Square, this place called the Institute of Education. And you had, you had everybody. And, you know, as a kid, it was amazing to sit and listen and watch these people talk, you know, panels. And you had lots of British talent like John Wagner and Alan Grant. Oh, my uh, God. Busy. Look at the names he's dropping. Holland. Let me get a broom, folks. Geez, he's just, I got to sweep up these names. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so that's how I got into it. And I got friendly with with fellow, you know, fans of comics and and it, it just snowballed, you know, and, and it grew from there. And, you know, we, we started the magazine as a fanzine in 92. Um, I don't have what? copies around, but it was a basic. We, we did it as a basic, like an A4 staple fanzine. It was incredibly basic. It had like a blue cover, like a Lobo cover, <laughs> because basically I, um, you know, we did it as a very simple fanzine. Okay. And then we just grew it. There was a there was a show called the Alexandra Palace Comic Convention put on by Fred Greenberg, which was a it was a commercial disaster because there's no tube station near Alexandra Palace. And there was an IRA, I think it was IRA bomb threat on the day. There were people <laughs> like Jim Lee there and they wanted to build up this, you know, big show and it only did one because it was a disaster. But I got I got to meet Pete Milligan, who lives not that far from me, you know, round about then in ninety two, and we did our first issue, and that was also the weekend that Vertigo launched. There was the Vertigo launch in a restaurant oh, in uh, Common Garden in London. In this was the like the last weekend in February nineteen ninety two, and that's when our magazine launched. So, whoa, look at you! Wow, hustling. So that's how it built up, and it just snowballed. It just snowballed. So, you know, we what built made up, you want to do a magazine though? But what Sorry? made you want to what what made you want to do a magazine? Did you feel was there something missing in the market you felt? Well, kind or... of. I mean, I had a my ex neighbor Simon. He wanted to do a magazine that had comics and music at the time. We dropped the music after a few years, but there was Comics International, but there wasn't there wasn't much else. I mean, I used to love. There was a magazine called Speakeasy. It was published in the 1980s that Grant Morrison used to okay. do columns for. Um, and also loads of other big names, people like Warren Ellis and Mark Miller and, and loads of like big names. And I always, I always liked that because it was really irreverent. You know, and I used to read things like Enemy and, and Melody Maker when I, was, when I was in my teens. And I thought it'd be nice to rep, try and replicate that in a way. Uh, in a in a brand new in a British comic magazine, also trying to you know try and cover content that other places weren't covering, you know because Vertigo was just starting, so we we had a lot of British creators on our doorstep, so we thought it'd be nice to cover their content and to cover their careers and you know to interview kind of writers and artists who worked who were British. I mean, what I thought was amazing, you know, when I was twenty, the idea of of a of a British comic writer who lived in Muswell Hill, which was like fifteen minutes from home, you know, writing for American comics, I found that mm. fascinating. And it was very different because, you know, as a kid, you know, comics, you know, comics are all about New York and they're about yeah. Spider-Man and they're about Stan Lee and they're about, you know, Roy Thomas and, and all yeah. these American creators. 
doing these things. I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I, you know, I, I used to go to New York a lot as a kid, but I remember, you know, things like the steam coming up, you know, like that classic uh, yeah. New York street scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I used to love stuff like that. And but, but it's a real of, you know, scene, you know, I'll tell you. The, I'll the, say the that. idea of a, of a British creator, you know, writing for American comics, I thought was incredible. It blew my mind, you know, when I was 20. I, I thought that was amazing, to be honest. Uh, okay, the homie here, he does, not that he doesn't like power characters, he prefers unpowered ones, not a fan of any of the powered Captain Britons. Uh, yeah, I, I do like the well, original. Captain Britain is a, it, it was a pretty important run. Oh. I thought there was, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and the stuff that Jamie Delano and Alan Moore did, and, and Alan Davis, I think it was important because it was, even though it was a superhero comic, I think it was a superhero comic with a very kind of British slant because he was originally designed as a very, as not a great, let's be honest, you know, we were first introduced, you know, in the American titles. He wasn't a good, he wasn't a particularly good character, but, yeah. you know, Delano and Moore took him and davis and they really turned him into something i think really interesting as a character uh, what do you feel about union and union jack and do you agree that if you know they do a tv show it would be a tv show you know i've done right yeah i mean yeah well, i mean why not i mean it certainly could work as long as obviously as long as it was set over here you know had that kind of british sensibility then you know why not i mean he, he does look cool yeah, he's got uh, a cool costume you yeah. know yeah definitely What's him in the first Captain uh, Britain? Uh, the one, Sorry, yeah, I like like the the, the oh, first the classic Captain Britain. Captain Britain yeah, with the lines on it. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was that was a cool costume, isn't it? I love that. I love that one. Not you know, not not shitting on on, on Braddock suit no 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 of course not. But 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 that OG, there was it's just I don't know. It was so so unique. Yeah, no, it was a very well designed yeah. costume to be honest. And this one is very nice too. It's kind of like yes, you know, oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. Very more Cap Captain Britain, if I will, because of the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great character. Man. It is a good character when it's done yeah. well. I think it's. I think he's a really good character. So, talk about stepping into the journey. So here you are, right? When did you start taking this serious? Like you wanted to get involved and really, you know, partake in in the industry. I don't know. I mean, I guess I just sort of fell into it. You know, the magazine started, as I said, as a very basic, um, very basic fanzine. And we just it just kind of developed. And I just kind of got into it. You know, I, I went to more and more comic shows. Okay. I mean, the very first American comic show I went to wasn't until 99. And that was San Diego. And it was much smaller than, well, you know, than 99 years. Wow. So I went and it was tiny compared to now. Now it's just insane. Man, um, that, but it was. It's it's down, down, down. And then like 2000, I went to the first proper us show and again it was incredible all these american comic creators in this you know massive venue it was it was it was amazing and it just it just built up from there so i went to san diego i went to new york i went to the first new york in 2006 you know the the first read new york show yes um, I, I, was I went there. to pittsburgh i think in 2004 and i yes. got to meet people like you know bendis in like the early let me think in about 99 or 2000 oh wow. when he was kind of just getting big yeah so you know getting you know meeting people like that you know, which was just fascinating, and then just seeing that develop, you know, and just getting friendly with people, and, and you, know, you went, and it just it snowballed, I guess, from there. And and you were going, you know, because you have a magazine under a press perspective, press, or, or you were going, yeah. Well, it, it became presses. I think okay. I did go to, I think I did go as press to, yeah, from from the start. I mean, we okay. the magazine wasn't huge. I mean, we, we we distributed through Diamond from. I think the first Diamond issue we did was quite early. I think it was like ninety. Let me get this right. Ninety-eight or ninety ninety-eight, I think it was, or something like that. We had like a death cover, so it was round about then. And I, I think we did go as press, and again, it just kind of snowballed, 
you know, from there. And we got the magazine got more and more sophisticated um, as the years progressed. We had like a single color cover, they had a full color magazine, and we increased the page counts. And you know, we yeah, got yeah, to do yeah. more and more with stuff. We went through a few different How genres. How did you learn to do that, though? I mean, were, were I just, you, did I you guys know what to do, or was it you guys I, just? I, like... I guess I just picked it up. I picked up okay. the skills. I taught myself Quark Express, which which now is this ancient program that people used to put magazines and newspapers together. And then I switched to InDesign in 2003. And basically that's what everyone uses now because you can use InDesign with Photoshop. Yeah. And I basically, I taught myself how to use those things. Um, so, you know, I mean, now, I mean, like, let me just go and get the latest issue of the mag. If you forgive me, I'm going to just go and grab just to show you. I wish I could find the really old ones, but they're kind of disappeared in, in a box somewhere. But this is... So long as you just, have them. <laughs> you know, so this is, you know, this is 148 pages. We put this out in November Whoa. of last year. Um, let me just see if I can do this. If I can flip, I'm not sure if I can flip the camera. You trying to work out how to flip if I just hold it up. No, that yeah, doesn't yeah. work. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can. So I'll have to, I don't know. But anyway, you, so it's, you you know, this is like a big 148-page full-color magazine. Yeah. If you have a double camera, just tap the camera angle and it'll flip to it. Can I tilt it. it? If I tilt it, will it? It's gonna just show you, yeah. If you tilt it, I have a sideways view, but if then you maybe you get like a full table, no, it doesn't, it's not letting me. You have to flip the maybe camera it's the lock. Up. How do I take the lock off? You know, you've got like the camera lock. Oh, uh, for me, uh, you know, on the phone, there's like I've got an iPhone, there's like a camera uh, lock. Uh, guess what? I have Android. There's why I don't, oh, don't worry. I'm just trying to see. I thought I'd be able to do this. Um, I just want to hold it up for somebody to come. Well, I'm trying to hold it up, but it's not for some reason, it's kind of you wait a minute, something's happening. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of backwards but i mean that's that's our fantastic oh. full cover that we commissioned oh so cover your face almost and then and then I'll, uh, i know it's, I, I have to go, let me just if i move it over there we go there you go Ooh. so you can see Ooh. it was like a tribute to like a late 60s fantastic four it's not i'm not doing this brilliantly but i oh, wait a minute i've turned around let me see if i can if i can actually do something with this but no so yeah so we've we really you know we've got really a lot more sophisticated you know that we used to i, I can't i'm sorry I, I give up sorry it's, it's, it's not right. working but you know it's all it technology folks it's phones this is what it is but we know it's a beautiful magazine what, what well you know what if you have a link send it to me in the private chat and i could bring yeah it of course it. yeah I, I can that. i can do that you know so that way people can see this beautiful cover uh 148 pages but what it's is a monster vogue? It's, like, we, vogue, did, we did we did two covers as well the vogue of comics <laughs> yeah well so, actually you know what's funny is that when, when towards the end when wizards was wrapping up they hired a designer who used to work for vogue because we did three issues in full color in 2003 and i was told that they hired this guy to try and look a little bit like us whoa kind of to, to, towards the end of, of wizards life as a magazine which I, I thought was quite funny because we're we've never been a huge selling magazine, but Wizard obviously felt that, well, that they wanted to compete with us, which I thought was were, interesting. Of course, because they figured let, let, let us try to be better at least than someone else. But guess what, guys? You know, yes. you guys ruined it by by just yes, being no, greedy. Exactly. I I have the first issue still. I still have oh, my do you? first oh, wow. Wizard. Yeah, I I love oh, that. It's one cool. of my treasures. Because again, it was something that we didn't have back then. When it came out, everybody was so excited. A price guy, yes. uh, no, no, interviews, exactly. you know, all that good stuff. It was fun. So, talk about that journey, though. Um, what happened with that mag, and and, and how? Wh what is Tripwire, and how did that even come into play? Well, I guess we 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 took a break from two thousand and three to two thousand and seven uh, because we were finding it 
I don't know, the market changed. So, so we kind of took a break and I did a lot of freelance sort of journalism. So you're talking about the journalism side of things. So I really built that up. And then we came back with what we called our annual. So we do a once a year. There were like okay. 100 odd pages. We covered things like you probably remember the TV show Heroes you know the tim oh, Crane thing yeah. so we did a set visit for that and you know we just we talked to like tim sale and but this was this was like a glossy full color magazine and so these were 100 and something they went i think they were about 120 pages Ooh. so we did one of those each year um until from 2007 to 2013 or 2011 and then the market kind of changed again and that got really tricky so we did an anniversary book and then we took a bit of a break and we, we switched to the web and then we came back in print Basically, the first print mag, the return came out in December of 2020. December 2020, it was, okay. COVID pushed it back like six or seven months. Oh, so we geez. did that, and we were so pleased with it that we decided to do another one. So the one I just showed everyone with the Fantastic Four cover came out in November of last year, and Ooh. we're working on another print mag which will be out sort of September October this year, which is slightly shorter. It's only 96 pages because we're working on our 30th anniversary book, which is kind of a monster. 224 pages. So you hear this? And what is Tripwire? Why that name? What's Tripwire? Okay, we, we, we picked the name because we wanted to have a name which was kind of abstract and dynamic, and it didn't have the word comics in it. We wanted something that people, that people would remember that, that kind of reflected the attitude of the magazine. We were very kind of snarky when we started, and we used to upset <laughs> some of the people we interviewed, but we did soften. You know, I was only a kid. I was only 19 when this started. So, you know, it was a long... I was pretty young, so I didn't even know what I was doing. So we did... We, we, we used to put things in that maybe we shouldn't have done, but we kind of... We, we found our feet. We, we changed it. We turned like a proper magazine, but it took a little while for us to do that. Okay. And, and so, uh, uh, interviews from this book that 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 that, that you wrote? <laughs> yes, um, yes. Are these interviews from the magazine or what? I mean, like, oh, well, no, they, they were done something for that book. Have you seen the oh, studio what? space book as well from 2008? Have no, you seen I haven't that book? Seen that one, no. I mean, look at his book though. It's that was gorgeous. that was the other book. I can't, I can't, I can't get it on the camera. But in, yeah. in 2008, we did a book called Studio Space. The oh. image published that had introduction by Guillermo del Toro, followed by oh. Michael Moorcock, and had Joe Kubert. Did you get to um, meet Guillermo? Sorry, it's called Studio Space. No, no. Did you get to meet Guillermo though? I have met him. I've interviewed him. Oh, I've met nice. him two or three times. Oh, well, I gotta get him. Oh, I'm jealous. Look at you. It's difficult to pin down these days. <laughs> this was a few years ago. So we had people like Walt Simonson, Sergio Toppi, Steve Dillon. This is the first book. We had uh, Brian Talbot, uh, Jim Lee, wow. uh, Frank Miller. We had, we had an amazing lineup of 20 different artists Whoa. for the first one. And then it took 11 years to get out the one that you just pulled out. So these were interviews. That 11 were years after that? Yeah. 11 years. Whoa. The first one was 2008. As I said, it's called Studio Space. You can find it online. It's published by Image. And it okay. came out, as I said, back in 2008. There was a paperback and a hardback. And we had some really cool people in there. We had Walt Simonson, who's, who was in both books. But we also had, as I said, we had Joe Kubert. We had Jim Lee. We had Brown Bolland. Uh, we had Dave Gibbons. We had Sean Phillips. Uh, Tim Jeez. Bradstreet. We had everybody. Tim Tommy God. Edwards. George Pratt. We had an amazing lineup. Were you speaking to any of those individuals for the first time ever? Um, some of them. Cuba, I'd never really met. I met him okay. at a show, I think. I, okay. I, I got the train times wrong, so I missed his first interview. So I had to rearrange <laughs> it. He was very, very nice about it. Um, but a lot of these... Miller, I'd talked to a little bit, not tons before. Yeah. I got to go. I went to his studio. We had, I did the interview in this pub called The Ginger Man in Hell's Kitchen in 2005. 
which was amazing. We got very, very drunk, and I interviewed <laughs> him. Um, this is so the best interviews happen at pubs. I was away for like three weeks. Can you in tell 2005, me? 2005, yeah, for the other book. But this was also an amazing book. But I got to ask, the comic the, book was very cool. Did any of these interviews happen at a pub as well? <laughs> uh, no. Well, all Simonson was done in his house. Mike Calusas was done in, uh, I think we had lunch, and I went to his studio. So sadly, none of those others were done in the in the pub. But I mean, the the Adam we did Adam Hughes in the first book as well, and that was done in this weird. It was Ooh. a Chinese takeaway. It was a buffet Chinese takeaway place in oh, Atlantic, yeah. and I stayed miles from his studio. So that was you should try and track down the first book. And if you haven't, oh, I, I, I will. Have, I have a hardback. I might be able to. We could talk about that. I might be able to get a copy to you. Oh no! Oh, listen, I I gotta get because I really love this. Uh, as I said, you... it's called Studio Space. The design's a bit more primitive. But it was a very cool book, and there's yeah. some amazing stuff in there. It's and Howard Chaykin's in there as well. I mean, there's amazing. I gotta ask, so like, who inspired your interview style? You know, wh where did you get that energy in, in your in your questions? Like, what space did you get into? I mean, um, did I you do any research? Do you I have mean, heroes? I mean, I I, well, I mean, the the first interview I did was with Alan Grant when I was what? at college your in 1989. First? at this YMCA place in London. What? And I was only about 16 or something. I was at sixth form college and I interviewed him about his detective comic stuff. And I don't know, I mean, the one thing I don't do is I don't write down my questions. I have them all, in, you know, I have them all in my head. <laughs> so that way it can be more of a conversation. So if I'm interviewing somebody, because otherwise that, you know, it basically feels a bit too, I, I want it to be, I want it to flow. I want it to feel, yes. I want the, it, the subject to feel relaxed and for it to be kind of a casual chat. Absolutely. And so I think it worked. I mean, Miller said he was impressed that I didn't write down any of my questions. So I do a little bit of mental prep. But I mean, I'm lucky because a lot of the people I interviewed, like Simonson, I, you know, I got to stay with him in 2014. He put me up over New York Comic Con, which is amazing. And like I walked their dog with them and all this other stuff like Bendis. I stayed with Bendis after San Diego in 2000 in portland so i stayed with him for three or four what? nights so i, I you know that's the nice thing about this is you build up a rapport with these people so you do the interview but you already kind of know them so so they're they're yeah. at they're at their you know they have ease they're at their ease you know when you're interviewing them which is yeah. which is a big help so I, I guess i like to have kind of a relaxed style if i'm interviewing people i like to try and ask people questions other people don't like i'm doing another frank miller interview for our anniversary book Oh, and I wanted so. to talk about 30 years of the industry and how the industry's changed and how he feels about how the industry's changed and <laughs> talk to him about his, you know, like his Hollywood lifestyle, if you like, yeah. and talk to him about all the cool stuff he's done. And, and as I said, just try and get different things out of people, you know, so they, they're asked questions that they're not asked a million times, you know, by other people. I, I want to get something a little bit more interesting out of the subject if I can. I will say, Joe, I think that asking someone that's been in the industry for a long time, that question of, well, how do you feel about it now? Oh my God, is like that? That's the most triggering question <laughs> for well, a lot I'm of be a for bit, a lot I'm of the old school. I'm a little bit careful with yeah. some of the Frank Miller stuff, but you have, you know, you have to be, you have to kind of respect the subject. Of course, you know, if you're talking to them, you you want to get some interesting answers, but you know, obviously not at the expense of, you know, you want to treat you want you be basically that you know, for me, an interview is a conversation, you it know, is. with the subject, and I I want them to feel comfortable. I want whoever Absolutely. I talk to. I want them to feel like they're comfortable, like they're happy to talk to me 
about you know about the things I ask them about, and they don't feel you know like they're kind of on edge or, or, or like attacked. it's adversarial. And I don't yeah. want to do any. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not interested. That's not. That's not how I how I work. I love it, man. See, that's real. <laughs> that's the way you do it. Because again, that's how I do it too. It's just so yeah, love ex- to exactly. the creators, just a chat, enthusiastic. Chat you know, it, it, I tell them like this, Joe. I always tell everybody. I approach them as if they were at a convention table when no one's around. So exactly. Said, okay, yes. let me take this time just to say, hey, how you doing? You got 20 you minutes know? just to chat. Yeah. yeah, just to chat, just to bullshit. Like, I'm, you know, and yeah. no, I love exactly. that. That's it. So, bro, what made you get even more serious though? Like, again, you know, you wrote that book, you did this okay. book, you've done yes, other exactly. stuff. So when did that happen? How did that happen? When did you decide to like, even go beyond magazines? If you oh, do you mean that? What the first book, the one I talked about from two thousand and eight? Yeah, yeah. When you started, well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's just we had a feature in the in the short-lived color magazine called Studio Space, where we interviewed a guy called Phil Hale, who's an American painter who lives over here. We interviewed Tim Bradstreet and John Bolton, so we wanted to talk about how they how they run their studios, and right. it's something that's always fascinated me because you know they have different ways. Like some guys have a studio. Which is it? Which is in, you know, in their bedroom in their house, yeah. and, then, and other guys have like a big shed in their garden. They're, they're all very different, you know. Some guys have got an amazing, you know, like Brad Street has a studio with like a human skeleton in it, and like oh, Mike Toulouse has got, got these amazing <laughs> things. He's got like bits of aircraft in it, and what? It's, it's it's incredible. So each studio is different, and you know, the thing about people's studios is it reflects their personality, okay. and it also stuffs in there to make them feel comfortable. So if they're going to spend most of their life or hours at a time each day, you know, in this space, they want it to be a space that they love, yeah. you know, Close surrounded by the, the things, shit that they love, you know, whether to your it's toys yeah. or books or, yeah. you know, like certain people obsessed with, with things which kind of reinforce and make them feel comfortable when they're drawing. So it's just, it's, and it, it what, and it, and there, there's no hard and fast rule here. It's not like everyone has the same studio. Some guys like Vince, Frank Quietly, he was in that book there. He's now working from home. But at that point, he was working in it. He was sharing a studio space with three other people. And it was oh. quite a small room. But I mean, the guy's a genius because he can yeah. do this amazing work with literally just like a Cintiq, yeah. so a, a small tablet. <laughs> and basically, you know, and, and he's incredible. Whereas other people need like a huge space. You know, like, like Walt Simonson has this amazing library going back, you know, decades in his house. And he's got, you know, he's got everything. You know, as I said, it, it suits the particular artist, whatever they feel comfortable working in. You know, Tommy Edwards has like a shed he goes out to. So it's like he's going out to work. Whereas Ooh. other guys like Roger Langridge, you know, he's a Kiwi, but he's a British, been British based for decades. <laughs> he, he's at the top of his house. So Austin Source Radio says, so according to your theory, I need to put a stripper pole in my studio. I love yeah, you Yeah, probably. <laughs> and that's what but, he's you know, into I mean, it I mean, makes him happy. You've probably right? seen those amazing photos. <laughs> I think it was Hal Foster or somebody that had like you had like these gorgeous women posing for him you know in his studio and he had like a hollywood yeah. lifestyle but you know w- whatever works but you know as i said it's it's fascinating all these people have different obsessions you know like joe cubert his studio was in his school so he'd, he'd have like mm. an office you'd go into the school and you'd go into his office and you'd have you know a few reference things but it was quite neat whereas other guys you know their studio spaces are chaotic they're filled with crap so I gotta it doesn't ask matter you because they, they can work with it. It's what, What's as your I said, studio? It's, it's whatever suits them. What's your studio like then? Where is your uh, studio? It's got too many books. <laughs> uh, seriously, it's got so many books. I wonder if I can... I don't, if, I you, if, I can if, get, if you just move the phone around... I'm going to see if right I can here. kind of... Uh-oh. Let's see. Can I... 
Can you oh, see okay. that? Oh, damn. You got piles, bro. Oh, this is nothing. I mean, this is literally, and I've got stuff in my in my lounge. Let me see if I can show. Can I show what's in the lounge? Can you see? Oh yes, I see the bookshelf on the corner. I've got got an alcove with loads of books as well. So I've got I've got so much stuff. I've got loads of these artist editions and loads of hardback. I hope you own that house that you don't want to move anymore. It's got a lot of stuff in there. It's pretty crowded, but it's I've got a lot of really nifty stuff in here. You know, I'm very pleased. A lot of really cool stuff. So yeah, it's a bit of a mess, but I've got a Mac set up. I got I have a workspace in like a second bedroom where I work, which is which which works out pretty nicely. There you go, there you go, man. So how important is is it to you to have a personal space though for your creativity? Well, I like I do like having a space. I mean, I've started I've gone back to this Sherlock Holmes comic strip, which that we've done whoa, two whoa. shorts, and then we're doing a third one, which is running in the book. Which nice. is a debut, so it's nice to have a space where I can just work, kind of away from stuff. So yeah, it's important. I mean, it's got it's got too much crap, loads of the kind of stuff gathering dust, side mess. But I do quite like, you know, it's got all these cool books. I'm surrounded by, like, I'm looking at my shelves. So I've got this best. This, I've got this huge two volume hardback Don Martin book, which Ooh. which I won with like an Amazon voucher, which is oh, incredible. Wow. You know, Don Martin from Mad. It's like a giant hardcover. And, and I've got, there's a guy called Jeremy Mann, who's a painter. So I've got his his big two-volume hardcover. And I've got other stuff, like I've got the two Darwin Cook Parker books. One what? of which I bought, one of which I managed to get sent for review. Ooh. So I've got so much cool stuff in this room. that well. it is, It's nice just to have it around. And, and occasionally I sit and just kind of look at stuff. Because I do a bit of photography as well. So I have some photography books in hey. the class as well, which I quite enjoy looking at to get a little bit man, folks. You see this? The guy, the guy does it all. I've got to ask you, what's, what, 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 is, what is this? Oh, oh, that's our, that's our poster for our Bristol comic show. So that was basically, oh. it's, a past, it's, it's a pastiche of Once Upon a Time in the West, the, the Sergio Leone Western, which basically had four figures. I think they were the three gunslingers and then the female character. So basically that is Sean Phillips's pastiche, which we oh, commissioned nice. him to do. Basically, which was a show poster for our show, uh, which is you know taking place in September of this year. Hey, so. September! Oh my God! So talk about this show. How did this come about? How old is the show? Why are you doing this? I mean, and how hard is it to work on a on a physical? Well, it's, show it's, like this? it is. It's, shows are very very tough. Um, so I, I admit we're looking. We we might be looking at kind of. Have it, we might be revamping the show possibly a little bit. Oh, really? We're looking to see over the kind of next month to kind of see what happens. But we've done, we're involved with the two Portsmouth shows as consultants. So we thought we'd have a go at doing a show on our own. And oh, Bristol okay. used to have a comic show for like 13 or 14 years. So we thought it made sense as a city, you know, to put on a show. I mean, it is, it is very hard work. It's May tough, I ask? You know, okay. I mean, the last two years, because things like obviously you had COVID and, and now you've got kind of a few kind of, you know, there's chaos with the flights. And, and now you've got yeah. the war in Ukraine and, you know, prices going up, you know, living yeah. expenses. So it's, it is, it is, it is a challenge and you have to juggle all these yeah. different things and deal with all these different comic creators, you know, and different companies and things. So it is, it is, a, it's a challenging thing to put on. So I got to ask you as an American, you know, how far is Portsmouth from Bristol then? Oh, Bristol is a hundred miles from London. There's a train or there's a motorway, the M4, which, go, which you can get in the car and okay. it goes all the way and you can fly in actually. I think New York, has flights to Bristol direct. Okay. So it's not oh, too wow. bad. It's 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 quite a big city. It's I think it's like the third or fourth biggest city in the country. And I think it has a population of about I think it's about three over three hundred thousand people. Can't, so it's a decent sized city. 
can you tease, you know, of any possible guests that you have, or are you still lining those up? Uh, well, I mean, we have got we've got uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. We've oh, I called them Jay Z and Beyonce. Amanda, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I called them the Jay Z and Beyonce of. Comedy. They're fantastic. They're, a fantastic <laughs> They're great. So you yeah, got them. You got Brian awesome. Stelfreeze, um, and then on the British front, I said we got Jorge Fornes who did Rorschach. Uh, he's doing Danger Street for DC. He's done Batman. Um, oh, on the no. British front, we have got Sean Phillips, Jock, uh, Mike Collins, uh, Shaky Kane, uh, David Lloyd. You know, we've got a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Lee, Lee Garbett. Uh, we got what? we got a pretty cool lineup of people. What? Oh my God! I, I'm jealous. I wish I was out there, man. So yeah, so we've got so, we've got a good lineup of people. And I got more questions too. Can you send me this art? And that's the this? Sherlock Holmes, right? Look that's the strip. Yeah. That's Basically, the strip it's like right an there? alternate world Sherlock Holmes. This is. The strip that I was talking about, which I, which, I written, which Andy Bennett has drawn, he's a great artist, oh, hell very yeah, talented. Look at that. Look at that. Look so basically, it. it's like an it's like a alternate world Sherlock Holmes. So basically, Holmes uh, loses the house in Baker Street, and Watson leaves him, and he goes to to unravel the DNA. The DNA helix was was basically unravelled by Crick and Watson, but okay. in this world, it's Crick and James Watson, and, oh, and uh, okay. Oswald Mosley, who was this kind of far right, you know, he's a far right. Kind of like well, he wasn't like a British Hitler, like he's a little bit like that. He oh, creates well. like an army of super soldiers, oh, and then you've got Holmes. So it's kind of it's like a sci-fi steampunk epic, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I love it because here you go with the tip of the hat too, the work of. Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, so that's fun. So I've written a third short, which is running in the anniversary book, which is going to be yeah. out, you know, September October this year. That so that's been so fun. Good, it's been though. fun. Something different. I I first used I I haven't touched this in like twenty years. And then and I went back oh. to it and I've kind of I've really enjoyed, you know, writing writing it. It's been a lot of fun. Crazy. And, and that's jock. That's a jock oh, piece what? for our 30th anniversary book. What? Which is a Batman yeah. cover, which was not used for Batman Black and White, which is an amazing piece. Well, why wouldn't they use it? it you know, I don't we, know. It's, it's nuts, isn't it? It's a beautiful uh, piece. Are, are we gonna get a, a poster as well from you guys that we could purchase of this? Oh, what sorry? A poster? Are we going to get a poster that we uh, well, we are going to do, do a Zoop campaign, so that there will be these some of these pieces Zoop. will be available as prints. So basically, there'll be a crowdfunding campaign launching. Fingers crossed, probably the end of this month or the beginning of July. Excellent. So there's a jock piece. There's a Drew Strews and Indiana Jones yeah. uh, piece, which is not an original, but it's still really nice. So that's and that's a yeah. Sean Marston, but it's a fabulous. Oh. It's a really nice piece. Yeah, I think it might so have been for gangster. King of Thieves. I'm not sure it's for, but it's a really nice. So we got that. We're gonna. I think it's gonna be a Frank Miller piece as well. We're getting a, a Walt Simonson Star Slammers piece, which is what? exclusive for the book. It's gonna be an amazing book. You know, it's gonna be oh. huge. It's gonna have interviews. It's gonna have features. There's gonna be lots of cool art like this in there. And we've got intro by you know talking of Jimmy Palmiotti. He's written. He's writing our introduction for that oh, book. Damn, really? Look at you. And it's gonna be Frank Miller. It's gonna be a brand new Frank Miller interview. The one I just mentioned is going to be talking about 30 years of comics and 30 years of the industry with Frank so Miller. Get ready, get ready for that. So it's going to be a monster fun. book. And this is a guy, uh, oh. a guy I know called Dan. Uh, God, my brain's not working. Dan he's, a, he's a really good artist. Dan Schaefer and Amy Lou Allen. So he's a British artist. So, so there's like 25 to 30 pieces of art. Wow. I mean, His name is Dan Schaffer. Sorry, it's been a long day. Yeah. But basically, there's it's there's, we've got some amazing stuff. We've got Lee Garbett piece as well from wow. Skybound. That's just a cover without the logo, and we should it might have a Frank Quietly piece possibly, and we might have Simon Davis. It's going to be an amazing book. It's going to be all these beautiful pieces of art. So when can I get my hands on this? So when well, can I get you'll be my able hands to get your hands on. There'll be a limited hardback, 
as part of the Zoop campaign. And then the regular paperback is going to be published by Heavy Metal, which will be launching what? at New York. Yes, Heavy, Heavy Metal. Metal publishing the paperback. Yes. Whoa, wait, which is talk- going to be very, very cool. So what that's, the hell? Yeah, so we're just finalizing some stuff with that. And there's going to be all this cool shit. New York, there's going to be a uh, Society of Illustrators event with Walt Simonson, Bill Sienkiewicz, and possibly Frank Miller. Oh. That's not definite. And there might be a Midtown comic signing. Uh, there might be some panels at New York. There's all this so stuff you're going to New York. Yeah, and you're, are you going to be at New York Comic Con? Will you be there? Damn, Joel, you are like tempting the shit out of me because obviously yeah, I get so, it. Well, I hope you can, well, if you can make it, I are, are, are you going to have a press panel as well? To talk yes, about yeah, that? I've already got my, oh. my press pass sorted for that show. So yes, of but course. I mean, are you going to have a panel though? A press panel? I hope so. Yes, because talk it's thirty years, bro, about I mean, the book at the show. Yes. Hopefully, as well. Yes. Oh my God, I think it would be so. so there's so much stuff happening at New York in October. But how do you feel about this show? I mean, it feels real. quite strange. Thirty quite years, un- unreal. Man. I mean, the Society of Illustrators. We did a talk there in 2019. You know, the Masters of Comics book that you showed. We did a talk there with Walt Simonson, Bill Sienkiewicz, yeah. uh, Dave Johnson, Dan Panosian, and Yuko Shimizu, and it was it was sold out. And you had people like Dave Elliott in there, mm. and, and Jimmy and Amanda were in the audience, and it was it was fantastic. And it it, you it, know- it, did, it felt quite unreal actually. But it was amazing. I love how you bring up Dave Elliott because you know that Dave Elliott is my boy, and we do international. Oh, I know you guys. Are, I know you guys are friends. I know that. Yeah, that's I've, my I've, boy, known, I've known man. him for years, to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah, on off. He's a legend, and every episode that we do, <laughs> when, he, when he says, "Well, when I was in Kirby's house, <laughs> oh, oh, when I was chilling with with Stanley." Oh, um, I know. He's I, had quite a life. He has had quite like, a life. Yeah, bro. I'm like, damn. Yeah, brother, for real. Yeah, no, he's, so he's a good pictures. guy. I've, no, yeah. I've known him since no, probably. I guess it's like the early nineties, something scary oh, that, like that. But no, he's one, he's, you? A, you know, he's he's had a pretty amazing career. Yeah, man. But so have you though, because you've been traversing, you know, the, the 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 landscape, if you will, for thirty years. I, I know. Mean, plus, amazing, because even as a fan, you got to count those years. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it does feel weird. <laughs> Just think to look back, to look back at old issues, to pull out old issues wow. and look through them. It does feel they look so primitive now. <laughs> you know, they look ancient. It's really weird, you know, because some of these were done. The first issue was done. We did it on this old Amiga computer, but there was like Amiga. a previous issue. Oh my god! There's a People... previous issue that we hand pasted, uh... which I, 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 which I, I put together with uh, spray mounds. I literally just sprayed the pages and then stuck the pages together, no. and then went to a photocopier. <laughs> that was this thing called the review, which predates Tripwire because that was '91. We did that, and it looks that looks so primitive now. Well, you know That's what? Ridiculous how primitive, but it's cool though to think about all these thirty tools. years of history. My brother, those were the tools we had. You did what you did with it, and that's what's amazing about it. Because, oh, I know, I and mean, we're still around, which I yeah. find amazing. Uh, again, because a lot of, listen, people don't know these kids, these kids are so blessed nowadays, they do not understand so our journey to so many cool comic things. They just yeah. turn on their computer and they can go online, yeah. They, they, yeah, just, they, are, they are lucky. Definitely. They could make one, just turn on their computer and make one, yeah. No, no exactly. back in the day. That, you know, like now, if I, you know, if if they have InDesign, they can put together like a PDF. They can design. I mean, I would have killed for that when I was a kid, when I was nineteen or twenty. You and me both, bro. I it mean, would have been again, so okay. e- so much easier than having to go through the whole rigmarole of going to a printer and and designing it. And I, I, had, I used a friend. It was a friend's house. He was the one that designed it. The very first issue in nineteen ninety two, wow. uh, which had our logo cover. Wow. It was it was so basic, but you know. 
but as you say it's so easy now to do this stuff it's fantastic so is is there anything that joe meadows wants to do a dream project is there any character you like to write is there any story you want to do with a particular team I mean, what, what what is the dream? Let's speak it onto the world. Let's manifest, Joe. Okay. What, well, I, mean, I, I what's always your thought dream? it would be fun to do like a Hellblazer story, and I had a few, oh. I had a few ideas uh, oh. for those a long, long time ago. And I had, I did have a couple of Batman ideas as well, many, many moons ago when I was about nineteen. But I don't know if I don't know. Maybe they should be, maybe they should be left in the past. I mean, I am, <laughs> I, I am, I am planning to do a full graphic novel story with Holmes next year. We're going to do probably like a two part like a 80 page two 80 page graphic novels oh. and we, we're already talking to some oh. people for covers you know walt simonson said he'll do us a cover uh mark chiarello said he'll give us something possibly liam oh, sharp you God. know we've got some really cool people lined up so we're looking at possibly doing that next year because i've been enjoying doing the homes thing it's been fun i mean i've always been a huge fan of the character but i'm not i'm not anywhere near a good as good a writer as, as doyle was but yeah, it has been fun because he's an older homes so he's a slightly Whoa. different character, but it's it's been fun to play with that. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, if if anyone's listening, you know, kind of like a Batman or 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 a Hellblazer story yeah, would be fun. Yeah. You're manifesting it. Let's make well, it yeah, happen, yeah, yeah. If we say it, maybe it'll got, happen. So I, I would I would be up for that definitely. I want to repeat this. I said this before, but you know, I, I don't I, know if any be, editors listen to your yeah. program. Hopefully, no, but oh no, they do. But listen, Joe, because yes. I, I, I've been I, I've been listening to a lot of crazy stuff lately. So yes. right, so people tell me life is an illusion. So then, yes. does that mean that manifestation is magic, and ma and that magic, you know, bends the illusion to our will? Well, perhaps this is why well, it I, has I guess, power. I guess it doesn't hurt. You never know. You know? This yeah, is, yeah. Maybe, you know? maybe we can do that. Maybe I, I would love to see now a, a a character whose power is that of just words, yes. like on that preacher, because that's why yes. I really appreciate a preacher. He would yes. use his words. And people would just do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Could you imagine? But could you yeah, imagine that, you that do that, that for somebody cool. that was depressed? It's like be happy yes. with your life, and you just make them happy yes. their whole life. That would be so dope. Like, okay, no problem. I'll be happy. But would they really though? Sorry. A question as a writer. Now I want yes. to pick your brain. So if somebody did a story of a character where I forced someone to be happy through some type of mental telepathy, right? Yes. Because they were super depressed. Okay. So now I, I implanted the happiness seed in their brain. Yes. But would they ever truly be happy? Well, no, because I guess they're being told that they're happy. But they're not, would they, they're not, would they're not they genuinely happy. Would they recognize happy. it, though? So, they so, recognize you know, it? At, their, at their core, they're not really happy because they're being told, you know, that you will be happy. So they, so they wouldn't recognize that I implanted the seed that, that makes them feel happy, even though they're not. So do you think that they'll be there wondering why they're happy? Well, they, they maybe that could be like the MacGuffin for the story, is that <laughs> they might realize, actually, I'm not really happy because this guy implants this thing in my head to tell me, you know, to be happy. <laughs> and actually, you know, I, I'm miserable. So that could be that could be the tension or the conflict maybe for the story. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that of a superhero. Like, I ain't happy helping people. I want to be a villain, but you know that you're forcing me because of my power set. <laughs> well, villains. Well, villains can be more interesting sometimes. You know, that's the thing because they're flawed. You know, you know and they're damaged. Sometimes. And they make mistakes and they do things wrong, and they can be more interesting than than the irregular heroes. My brother, you said sometimes. I think majority of the time the villains are more. Yeah, I'm no, a, you're, not, you're not bro, wrong, bro. Uh, yes. 
I yes. mean, I'm a villains fan. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, I um, remember, you know, like like Starman, like James Robinson Starman. You know, the best character in that was the Shades, and there's no yeah. question you can't argue with that. You know, he he's a an asshole, but he's, yeah, but he was interesting. He wrong. was interesting, <laughs> yeah. and he, he sometimes did like the right things for the wrong reasons or the wrong things for the right reasons. And he was interesting because he was flawed, and he was it was that's what made him interesting because, you know, we we don't make the right choices all the time. We screw things up. And, and, and I think that's, that's, the, that's what makes him interesting. That's the reality of being a human. Yeah, exactly. That's the reality. You know, we're not all be going to be Captain Americas. I don't think that no. possibly exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, uh, brother, what we got in the future then? You know, this next show, I know we're going to kick ass. If somebody wanted to get a booth, if someone wanted to, you know, as a creator, partake, I mean, where well, they, do they, they go? Can check out the Tripwire uh, ComicCons.com website if they wanted to grab a table or if they wanted, yeah, they can Is drop us a line rule? by that. And, you know, if they've got any questions about the show, they can feel free to, you know, to drop us a line via the website, you know, and ask us if they've got any questions about the show. So do you still have room for... for yeah, we've still tables? got tables available. Yeah, so people can drop us a line. A ASAP Imagination, you hear exactly this? Exactly, yeah, I, I, they, they, I, but they better move. Exactly, I, I better exactly. tell these guys ASAP. They, they, they need to... Hey, and no if they want to check out, you know, the website as well, just for some regular stuff, you know, we're running this thing called 101 Greatest Comic Artists. And we started Whoa. with 101, and we're currently... We're about to run our Al Foster, our, our next entry. We had... We're going to get up to number one. It's taken us forever, but we've had people in it. You know, we've got to, the last thirty Crazy. are going to be some, you know, pretty big names. Crazy. How, how do you even judge that? Well, it's tough to be honest. It's not been easy. We've tried to. It's, it's difficult because we put people in like Carl Barks, who obviously is a comic artist, but he's kind of more of a funny animal, you know, Donald Duck artist. So it's it's hard to work out how to compare. We've got uh, some strip artists styles, as well in there, yeah. so we're going to have Hal Foster and we're going to have. Um, you know, some some newspaper mm. strip guys as well. So it's not been easy. It's been tough, to be honest, but it's been kind of fun to put together. And then obviously it's not just color, but black and white, obviously because of the strips that, uh, you know, it is difficult because me, I'm a big fan of black and white. Oh, yeah. And for I me, mean, that's really a testament sometimes to stuff an artist. Looks amazing in black and white. Sometimes oh, yeah. it looks incredible, so... I mean, look look at anything by by a Sinkovich or or yeah, well, Mark stuff in black and white looks pretty amazing. Oh my even, god! Oh, oh yeah. Bro. Or if you look at some of the Batman, if you look at like David Mazzuchelli stuff in black and white, is, I mean, oh, Jesus, that stuff's yes. incredible. Well, I mean, when they did the Wolverine no movie, uh, Logan Noir in black oh, and yeah, white, that was nice. I, I thought it looked so much better than the film. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Didn't it look better? And I got even more in tune and yes. felt more in love with the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes black and white really suits. It does. So, Joe, bro, so we got the show coming up. You yes. Know, we got books coming up. Indeed. Another what? another print magazine coming out in September, when? October. We're going to have uh, 60 years of Thor, 60 years of Spider-Man. We're looking at 60 years of James Bond uh, through the movie posters. We got, James we, Bond 2? Yeah, well, because uh, Dr. No was 60. You know, Do Whoa. Dr. No came out in 1962. So, you know, Whoa. it's 60 years. So it's an amazing, it's a huge milestone. Whoa. I, I, I didn't, anybody, you know what? I didn't even realize Thor 2. Yeah, and everybody celebrates Friday right now. They're two huge anniversaries. And we're doing, we do this power list where we talk about people of influence in like comics and, you know, genre. And we're doing another power list 
which will be out in the print mag. We had a lot of fun putting them on together. So they had people like Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, you know, John oh. Favreau, uh, Gaiman, just a whole range of people, Robert Kirkman. So we, we try and update that each year. So we, we have fun putting that together. Yeah. So we're doing another one of those. So that's going to be the next print mag. will be out like September. That's in the next previews. So that's going to be called like a winter 2021 special. So, so people will be able to order that in the next previous, which is out in like a month's time. So, so. And, and since you mentioned John Favreau, did you did you see that today they released his Mandalorian figure? Well, I know he's the showrunner, obviously. So yeah, he's had but quite no, a career. I mean, he's an yeah, amazing man. They I mean, released a John. They've released a John Favreau Mandalorian figure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it looks just like him. Oh, yeah. So when are we so, going to get mean, the yeah. medals? So, so we, we've got some cool people. So yeah, that's fun. So that that's so there's going to be the, the as I said the book which will basically launch it will launch properly like at New York in October and then there's the magazine which has got all this cool stuff in there which is which is going to come out kind of towards the end of September. So that's going to be really nice. So you are just smashing it, man. So I'm con I've gone pretty busy. I've got so much stuff yeah. going on, but it's all great stuff. So I'm not going to complain. But you're doing amazing stuff, especially across the pond for people. Yes, and, exactly. You know, I'm definitely gonna let my crusaders from the UK know that they need to partake in this, and um, and you know, people can get it internationally as well. Yeah, you know, but, we do offer we offer international shipping. It's not cheap. Hey, but, uh, you know, and then and then the book will be available, you know, from Heavy Metal, so people be able to get that over there woo. from traditional bookshops and through the direct markets. And I said the hardback will be available through Zoop through our crowdfunding campaign, which That's will launch so exciting, at the very bro. end of this month. So, other than New York, are you going to do any other cons? Are you not going to come down to Florida? So you can well, we I'd love to do some other U.S. shows, but I don't think it's realistic for this year. But I'd love to come. I've always wanted to visit, you know, Heroes Show, you know, in Charlotte, and so you yes. know, may, maybe one year we're doing some British shows. But in terms of other U.S. shows, it's probably just New York for this year. But but we'll All see. Right. You never know. Maybe next year we might get to a couple of others. Hopefully. Maybe. Listen, once they hire you to write Constantine and all these other things, <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they're going to they're they're pay well, for you well, everywhere. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to get to some other U.S. shows. They're always fun. They're always a lot of fun. Yo, Joe, you got this. This you, you're murdering me. Thirty years. I mean, you're doing <laughs> God's work. Flowers time, because you know you're Thank creative you. yeah, I mean, on a different you know, level. You're, you know, you're, you're just a creator on a different level. You're someone that shares your passion and your love for the. Oh yeah, I love culture. comics. I love you know all the stuff related to Thank it as you. well. You know all the artists. It's, you know I've always been a huge fan and admirer of people. Wow. Managed to create so you know some of my favorite stories. So you know. Well, thank you for doing that. It shows again. I gotta check out the other book. I've had this experience. Yes, and it's I, it's I, called and I your experience. So if you can, if you have a problem tracking it down, drop me a line, and I I have a few copies of it in hardback. So we could maybe try it. We can sort something out, maybe. Oh, so, no, no, no. Listen, bro. You just tell me how much I got to pay. Okay. Well, I can, I can yeah. ship it to you direct if you want. Bro, yeah. I'm moving too. So I would love to have something for my new cool. studio to put in book. the background. It's red, you know, it's got a ribbon as well. It's an intro by Del Toro. Yeah, you put a ribbon? He, he yeah, put a, a ribbon, ribbon folks. In the, in the ah, studio book. It. And it, it's got a dust jacket. It's a really nice book. In hardback, it, looks, it really jacket. does look. It still looks really nice. Listen, this is nice, but you give me a book with a dust jacket and a ribbon, I'm in love. I mean, well, yeah. So, I mean, this is the, a book. I know this is a book, book you really appreciate. Yeah. It looks sexy too. I called that. Oh, it shelf. does. It it's shelf porn. You can't beat it. Oh yeah, it is. I got so much of the stuff as you saw. I so, saw. You know, I love. I love it. I you love are, Joel. You know, you probably you you are the second biggest shelf pornographer I know now. Because okay, cool. Well, I'm pleased. We yeah, have, we have a competition second. now. You're second. To see who can who can get uh, more stuff? 
Oh, bro, if you were to see my homie's room, shout out to <laughs> Big, Big Hans, his yes. basement his basement looked like a Barnes of Noble because he wow. even had to put shelves in the middle of the floor. Seriously. So it, it's like you're shopping. And then wow. that's just shelves for his omnibuses, not counting the hundreds of long boxes he has in the back room. Oh, I think he so, probably he probably he probably beats me. But no, that's what I'm saying. He 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 has murdered. I think most people. <laughs> yes, well, you know the size of a collection. Because I'm like, I, I and I told him like this, brother. Whenever you move, whatever day it is, before you even dial my number, I want you to know, my back hurts that day. <laughs> that's brilliant that's very funny but, i mean I, i've got i've got like a load of artist editions in my other room oh, so i've bro. got them vertically so i've got things like the manhunter one and i've got the tarzan oh, and i think wow, i've got bro. the enemy ace i've got an amazing i've got quite a few of those yeah bro i, I don't need you breaking just stunning. My back they're either. really beautiful books <laughs> i don't need you back breaking my back either lifting up those boxes yeah no no I'm no that's the downside to all this heavy paper is as you say, your back, your back does after a number of years yeah, you destroy it, it, your back. It, but, you you know. want to give up? You're like, okay, you know what? I got this. I just got to keep what I love. And yeah, I no, I know. I'm that, bad. Finally. I'm a very bad hoarder in terms of keeping things. I, I, I should be a little bit more strict, uh, but I'm really, I'm really bad. Yeah. We're, we're, we're men. We like to keep our things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You're not. I know. You're not. You're not wrong. Bro, you know, even when so. it comes to cables, like, bro, if I find the fucking VCR. Yeah, you I know. know. You're gonna, you're gonna want I've these got, cables. I've got cables. I should get rid of as well. No, nah, don't do it's it. It's completely useless. They got nothing. They don't connect to anything anymore. Yes, they do. Trust you, me, bro. Because I like to find old stuff. I still have a VCR. I still have a DVD. I still got tapes. Don't, wow. what, I'm, what I'm looking for now, though, uh, is my a cassette audio cassette recorder oh, yeah. to I mean, digital. I, I, have a few of those. So I, I think they're long gone, sadly. But no, I do have a few. Of no, those. no, they do have some. Um, converters though that it'll play the tape and convert oh no it i'm digital. sure that's what i want because i have such amazing mixtapes from the 80s and 90s wow you know what i mean still that, and you got that, some that, cool that... stuff on there i'm sure oh my god gems yo 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 my god yeah, you see but this, this, no i know this guy right here this guy right yes. here if we ever hang out bro it was gonna be very dangerous trip wire comic see this hanging out where by we're having a party kiddo yeah 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 no <laughs> it sounds like a plan so let's see if that could happen or go to New York, you know, and if, if I you, do, if you come to New York, we'll have to, no, we'll have no, to no. meet up. If I tell you, no, no, if I go to New York, it's not have to, we will meet up and we go into a pub on after party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, so it's and we're going to get, and we're going to get lit and we're going to do drunk interviews with everybody. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like a plan. Yeah, but but you you're an amazing guest again. Thank you for what you do, especially from the journalistic side, you know, sharing those stories, sharing your passion. Yeah, no, I love, love it. This, I, I actually know I really enjoy it. You know, it, it rocks. You inspire thank others, you. man. You kind. inspire me. You thank inspire you. me. So thank yeah, you. Thank for, you. Thank you for doing what you do. So folks, it's my so pleasure. Honest. Seriously, it's, I'm pleased. You know, it's great. Yeah. You know, I've still got the passion for this thing, even after doing it for like 30 years. Yeah, and that's great, man. Because you know what? Th this is the fun thing. So long as you stay away from the negativity and don't fuck around with that, you're gonna be so happy in this culture. So yes. if you want to be happy, you know. 
check out. This is the only other website I'm going to endorse that does pop culture stuff because th this man is amazing. Thank you. So, no, it's very, very check, kind. Check it we out. try and do things properly. We do try and do it. You know, we have like proper journalism. That's important. It is. It is. And you're doing it great. You have doing a great job. So, you know, folks, this is where you go. I want you to go to tripwiremagazine.co.uk. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. And then if if you want to do a con out there, you got to check out tripwirecomiccons.com. Exactly. That's it. And you're going to be so happy when you're like, oh, my God, here I am in the UK. I'm about to hit the most fire con that that homie has legends going to. Yeah, we've got, we got a pretty cool lineup. Yeah, a pretty cool. I think it's a pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm jealous, you know. Let me tell you, I have not seen a small show with that heavy, you know, heavy hitter A-list. No, you, no, no. You got A-list. You got A-list, bro. Yeah, but we're to make sure it's special. You got royalty in comics, so good for you. Yes. Folks, check it out. ASAP Imagination. Paul, you got to jump on this con. I'm going to hit you up after the show. Like, you got to, I'm going to hook you up with Joel because you guys got to talk. And uh, we need to, we need you at that show, too, because, you know, he, he's the next big thing out, out of the UK, Ireland, for real. So, yes. folks, you see this man getting shown the love. You saw the <laughs> websites. He's and, awesome. And I'm on Twitter if people want to follow Joel Meadows One. Oh, Joel at, Meadows. At Joel Meadows One. If they want to go to Twitter, there you, you know, go. They're, then they're welcome to get you know to follow me to see what kind of stuff I put up. Sharing his comic madness, his fandom, and you know, and be like, Joel, you're crazy. I love it too. And there we go. <laughs> That's what it is. So with that, Joel, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Talk, yeah, thank talk, you. Thanks for talking me shop. It's been, it's been a it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time in the making. You know, yeah, it's I'm, been a few months, I'm happy we, that we everybody's happened. Yeah, we got it to happen, and I'm happy that everyone is okay. That because of the delays, that's important. Yeah, so I'm happy you. that they're okay and how. Yeah, yeah, no, everything's good. Love. Yeah, that's that, that's the most important thing. So, folks, besides, yes. you know, again, tripwirecomiccons.com, tripwiremagazine.co.uk. Check them out, and not just them, of course. Check out. My people over at comiccrusaders.com. Check out my extended family, undercovercapes.com. Check out all the shows, the vidcast, the podcast. We do it all, folks. Yeah, cool. Just Thank like you. Big yeah, Joe. You do some great work. So. Well, we're, we're, we're trying to, man, to show the love and, and be positive, a positive yes. force in the industry because cool. you know, who needs negativity? Let's show no, the love. No, we try and stay positive, obviously, about stuff. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, while you're tripping, we're being crusaders. I love it. Yeah. And with that, it's Al Mega with the mighty Joe Meadows. Al, thank la you Proxima. It's, it's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. No, Take it's care. been my honor. Wepa, baby. Hasta la Proxima. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.